Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Through research, education, and grants, Realm of Caring is helping those in need of more information about cannabinoid therapies. The nonprofit seeks to facilitate and encourage the mainstream acceptance of plant-powered therapies and serve healthcare providers as well as the hemp and cannabis industries. Joining me now to tell us more about the nonprofit is Realm of Caring's Executive Director, Sasha Kelchev-Korn. Hi, Sasha, and welcome to the NutraCast. Hi, Danielle. Well, thank you so much for having me and Realm of Caring joining you today. I'm so excited to talk with you guys. So before we get into what exactly Realm of Caring is, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. You know, I've actually known of Realm of Caring for a long time. So when I first moved to Colorado from New York, I was in a master's program for human rights, and I was taking a course on the international consequences of the drug war, which is super fascinating to get a human rights perspective on. And while I was doing that, I also was working as an ABA therapist. So I worked with autistic kiddos in Colorado. And one of my kiddos was one of the original families who had moved to Colorado to access CBD to help control her seizures. So I had this great simultaneous perspective. And this was back in, uh, gosh, 2014, kind of when Realm of Caring was getting its start, because that family was also going through Realm of Caring to get here to Colorado. So I went into education, uh, but my heart was really in the nonprofit world. So when I had my son and decided uh, education was taking too much time away from him, I was looking for something a little bit more meaningful that I could have a huge impact with and just, you know, go to my passions of nonprofit work and Realm of Caring had a job opening. So I jumped right on it. It was very cosmic that it all happened um, sort of at the same time. And I could bring this, you know, this knowledge that I had gained over the years to the profession. That is such a great story. And you have this job that you obviously are very passionate about. It sounds like it's very meaningful work for you. Tell me more about these families and what exactly Realm of Caring did for them. Sure. So in the beginning, so we're talking 2012, before CBD was recognized as hemp and it was legalized federally by the hemp bill, you could access it in Colorado, but not many other states. So Realm of Caring, the origin started with Charlotte Figge and Zakai Jackson. So their mothers, Paige Figge and Heather Jackson, found each other in hospice. And they found that CBD, you know, brought their children back to life is really as simply as it can be said. And once they found the success with CBD and stopping their seizures from different epileptic disorders, Charlotte had Dravet syndrome and Zakai had Doza syndrome. So once they found success with that, you know, word spread and families wanted to move out here because they couldn't access it in the state they lived in. So Heather and Paige started Realm of Caring. They started a wait list to get Charlotte's Web CBD oil, and they were raising money to provide grants to these families who maybe had to pack up and leave in the middle of the night because CPS might be knocking on their door the next day because they were using, you know, cannabis that was not sourced legally. And so they were helping them move out here. And so that's where our origins were is moving. We helped to move, I think, about 400 families out to Colorado to access CBD in the beginning. Wow, that is pretty significant. I had no idea that that many families actually relocated. Yeah, yeah, the medical refugees. Wow, okay. Mm -hmm. 
And so we know that CBD helps for epilepsy. What are some other things that people are using CBD for? Oh my gosh. I mean, the list goes on and on. So if we consider our endocannabinoid system, it is the largest neurotransmitter system in our body and it affects many physiological processes. So we're talking from irritable bowel syndrome to cognition to pain and everything in between. So we have calls Well, I guess I could put into perspective our research registry. We have over 100 health conditions that people have self-reported on, on why they're using cannabinoid therapy, but it goes much deeper than that. Research articles are probably upwards of 500 of different ailments and conditions that people are using cannabinoid therapy for. I was just going to ask, what does the research say? What do we know so far and what are some gaps? What are the things that we don't know about? I think what we're missing out on right now, as far as gaps, is when it comes to just the clinical research, because the observational research will help to pave the way, which is that gap we're trying to fill, because we're waiting for the medical community to really catch up, because this is an industry where the cannabis consumer has outpaced the medical community. It's outpaced the political community, you know, right? The people have been using this for centuries and on treating and helping with different ailments and conditions. And so we can't wait for clinical trials to catch up. In the meantime, we need to understand how people are using it habitually in their daily lives right now. And so that's the gap that we are looking to fulfill with our observational research registry, because we are gathering and we are publishing compelling data on how people are using cannabis, CBD, hemp for their ailments in everyday life. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like somebody from every type of different demographic uses CBD. I know especially a lot of athletes are using it. So many athletes have their own line or they are, you know, on the bottle of these things and sort of promoting (laughs) it. So do you work with athletes as well? Yes, occasionally. And a a lot of the companies that we support, so to become a supported brand by Realm of Caring, we carefully vet their product. Of course, Charlotte's Web is one of them because our origins begin together. And so Charlotte's Web has has had endorsements by Jake Plummer and Rashad Evans. And so we have, in different ways, worked with different athletes. Okay. And so when it comes to, say, athletes or people who have to get drug tested, I mean, what Mm -hmm. are some testing methods that allow for detection and quantification of THC and CBD? It's a lot of urine analysis if they're looking, um, but a lot of athletes will turn to topical therapy for inflammation or, you know, targeting peripheral inflammation or wound healing. But we're very fortunate that the World Doping Agency has approved CBD use for Olympians. So Olympic athletes are allowed to use CBD. So that has been huge because as athletes begin to speak up about how it has helped them, then, you know, these agencies start to pay attention and they start to say, okay, we'll allow that. And like even Rob Gronkowski, he would say the only way he would come back to play is if he could use his CBD, which has uh, helped him over time. I didn't know that he said that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's a, he's a great proponent. So there's been a lot of encouraging work that's been happening in recent years. You mentioned WADA, but a lot of work still needs to be done. What are you hoping will happen sooner than later and then over the next couple of years? 
I guess just in general, it's just, we are still fighting the same stigma and acceptance. And so, you know, we're gathering the research, right? And we're seeing the frustrations though still that there are these industry advocates and stakeholders because we're still, we're still caught in this era of prohibition where it's not accepted everywhere. And we're also seeing regressive policies taking place where, you know, even though it could be legal in states like Colorado, there's policies that are looking to chip away at those rights that people have. And so we're really needing to create this research, collaborate with the scientific and political communities where that research is translated into law and and policy, because that's another gap that it's really hindering just advances in public health because people are using this as their medicine. And so that's where I hope to see this go, is that we're seeing a you know, wider acceptance among all of these communities. We're seeing it translated into law, and we are seeing perhaps a prescription model, an insurance model down the road where insurance is paying people for their cannabinoid therapies. That would be a big day, and I hope that happens, but It's hard Mm -hmm. to say. Uh, What are some legislative efforts that Realm of Caring is working on? So in our origins, where Heather and Paige were really helpful with passing legislation in 22 states for CBD use. And so we have been amping that up again. And most recently, there was a bill to cap amounts of THC in certain products. And so we've been a part of that. And then we're also a part of trying to bring awareness of CBD becoming a dietary supplement. So that way it can be more widely accepted and it can be more accessible to people. And so that's what's on the near future agenda, which is coming up. Do you think it does the potential to become a dietary supplement? Because some would argue, well, it's already technically a drug, so we can't. True. And that's exactly the battle that we're looking at. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do, though, I, I do, because until there is some kind of insurance or prescription model or, you know, the medical community is taking, you know, safe products that are out there of quality on the shelf rather than making their own, there needs to be a category and dietary supplement seems to fit that. Mm hmm. And before I let you go, is there any research in the pipeline that you can tell us about? Sure. Yes. So we, based on our observational research registry with Johns Hopkins, we have published three papers so far. So we've done quality of life. We have done epilepsy and we've looked at anxiety and depression. And so we have another paper coming out for qualitative data. We have a urine analysis study coming out looking at if THC does show up when you're taking a full spectrum CBD product. And then we also have legislative efforts, like I spoke about, which we are using our research to help prove our efforts forward for passing legislation. Mm -hmm. When you look back at all the research that you've done, is there any certain studies that stood out to you that really caught your attention? You know, one that I think that slides under the radar because we hear reviews from people talking about how it helped with their anxiety or it helped me sleep. But one that really goes under the radar is the caregiver burden score. So in our quality of life paper, we didn't just look at the individual, but we looked at the caregiver as well. And their burden score went down immensely because the person they were caring for, you know, was missing less school days or work days, less ER visits, you know, less episodes, depending on the condition. 
And so it helps to not only improve that individual's quality of life, but the caregiver, the person who is devoting their life to take care of this individual. And so that is just really, I love that piece of information. And I love to share that with people. Um, it's just so important because we, we often, when we are the caregiver, we don't think about ourselves. We put ourselves last. And so if we can help ourselves in the process of helping somebody else, I mean, gosh, how beautiful is that? Wow, that is really fascinating. And so was the caregiver also doing CBD or were they just a little more relieved and seeing that the person that they're caring for felt better? The latter. Yeah. So because the person that they're caring for felt better and then there was less strain put on the caregiver for taking care of them because uh, they were having less seizures or, you know, less psychotic episodes, if that was the case. And so they're just they're relieved of some of those duties. I, I can't say I've ever been a caretaker, but my mom has been. I, I'm sure we all know somebody who's been a caretaker. So to hear that, that's pretty profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's great to hear. And we had, uh, you know, one client, if I can just share a quick client story, um, who called in because he, he was um, helping his wife who had dementia and he was helping her with her cannabinoid therapy. And he said, I had the first conversation with her that we've had in 10 years, she actually spoke to me and I got to talk to my wife again um, because she started cannabinoid therapy. So he was just, you know, you know, helping his wife for this past decade who wasn't herself because of her dementia. And then she started cannabinoid therapy and all of a sudden she could have a normal conversation again. Oh my gosh, that just gave me chills. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. And so Looking ahead, is there any other research or any things that you would like to share? I know you mentioned earlier that you have some research coming out, right? Yes. Yeah. So we do have some research coming out. We have a qualitative paper coming out based on our research. Um, But then we also, because we can, as we get more people in our research registry, then we could do breakout smaller studies so we can look at specific conditions. And that's really what we're hoping to do. So as more people join Um, whether you're a cannabis user or non-user, because controls are helpful in all research, that will help us to have so we can have specific data on maybe just those who are suffering from PTSD or those who are suffering from autism. So we can start to have little breakout studies rather than all of this, um, you know, the broad range. And so that's one of our, our goals, too, that we're working on. There is so much opportunity out there. And like you mentioned, all this research, you know, hopefully translates into it becoming a legal dietary supplement. Yeah. Yes, hopefully. That's what we're that's what we're working towards. Yeah. Well, maybe the next time I have you on the NutriCast, we'll be there. Who knows? Yeah, that would be great. Let's look at <laughs> session two of next year. Okay. Yeah. Sasha Kelchev Corn. Realm of Caring's Executive Director. Thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast and telling us about cannabinoid therapy. Of course. Thank you so much, Daniel. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutriIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week. <laughs>